It is uh, coming up to 2 p.m. right here at KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. I am your DJ Ramsey. I've been with you since 11. Now, as I leave you, I wanted to um, draw your attention to um, an interview that is airing on the Arabology Show and that can be found online at uh, soundcloud.com slash Arabology. And you don't want to miss it. It's a beautiful interview that I conducted with an amazing man who lives in uh, Jordan. And uh, his name is Calvin Bown. Now, Calvin is doing something spectacular while in Jordan. He is restoring old uh, photographs in very unique ways. I got the chance to see some of his work and it uh, totally blew me away. His name again is Calvin Bowne and my interview with him uh, is one that you need to listen to as well as perhaps watch because uh, it goes along with uh, some of his amazing work which can be found at the website reawakeningthepast.com Again, that's reawakeningthepast.com His email is sinaicrafts at gmail.com My interview with him is one that will be worth your time. So again, for his interview, you go to soundcloud.com slash Arabology and just navigate down to the interview with Calvin Bown and hopefully you will enjoy it. I'm sitting here in Madaba with uh, Calvin Bowne, who is known in Jordan already because he's, he's become a household name. So, marhaba, Calvin. You are now in uh, Madaba. How long have you been here, Calvin? Yani, I'm going back and forth between here and Amman. Uh, I've been most of the time in Jordan for the last uh, four years or something like that. How has it been so far? One, the people are lovely. It means that people are used to taking care of whoever is around them and um, they, they they are very deep in their blood, like ways of getting along with everybody around. It's something very special. What made you decide to, to embark on this journey to start with? I appreciate the quiet and the calm in Madaba. It's a very friendly, uh, so friendly, peaceful town. You know? Peaceful town to do what? What I actually do is uh, take old photographic negatives um, from the um, let's say late 1800s until let's say the mid uh, 20th century and I work on them in a way uh, in a kind of artistic way to try to bring them to life so the original photographers they did amazing work like there were some very prolific photographers a lot of them Americans that were missionaries in Jerusalem and uh, also French and uh, from all over you find also material from members of the local community whose families are involved in photography or for example recently so okay Usually you kind of like people come and say, hey, would you like to see these? Uh, these came from my family kind of thing. None of them come from public archives. So the photographers were amazing. I mean, the, the, the breadth of their work. For example, the American colony, they took something like 23,500 photographs of the Middle East. And uh, they were almost like monks. They made like vows not to marry and stuff like that so they could concentrate on their service in the Middle East. But they weren't exactly monks. They were something like, um, because between missionaries, I know, I mean, people that just, they fell in 
in love with Jerusalem. They fell in love with the area and they went far and wide. So they covered, let's say, um, all the way from Sudan until Iraq, Syria, Egypt, of course. Uh, I think it's officially documented as between 1898 and um, 1940-something. They collected an incredible lot of material. And also by the diversity of the people that they photographed and how natural they looked. You saw they got along with everybody. They really, uh, they, they blended in because the, the photos don't look staged. I mean, they, they don't look like uncomfortable having them there. They're completely natural. So that's something like I'm quite in, in awe of their work. They had great cameras. They had uh, hand-cut lenses, which made a very good focus. And they had uh, big negatives, which often came out in stereoscope. They, they often made into stereoscopic pictures by taking two at the same time. What they didn't have that we have today is the ability to make any adjustment after the original shot. So if they had got the focus wrong a little bit, or if they got the exposure wrong or something like that, they were pretty much obliged to print them as they came out. And they made small prints and also resizing. Now we can take, you know, negatives have an incredible amount of detail in them, a lot, often a lot more than you'd see in a small size print on paper, which is what people made at that time. I can, like, if there's enough details in the negative, I can take some of the prints up to, like, you know, meter and a half or something like that and there's still the last hairs and texture and details and stuff like that and also now we have digital techniques that can retrieve information from the dark and light areas which is like overblown or burnt out or something like that and we can also enhance kind of like insinuated details so I'm kind of trying to bring them to life and try to make it as much as possible to feel like you're actually there to get people to I think a lot of time people can learn more about history from from looking at pictures that from reading books. And especially as modern history is often very much, I mean, this also accounts for ancient history, is often, you know, our understanding of it is very um, filtered through the modern mind. So the way we see the past is uh, maybe not how the people at that time saw the past. My, my feeling is that by, by presenting the Middle East as it was, also to kind of present the question mark that maybe that way of living was actually healthier, more sustainable, and more cooperative, and more realistic than the way things are heading now. Calvin, as we begin the next part of our conversation here, uh, if uh, the listeners would like to I kind of look at some of what we're talking about, yeah. you have a website at reawakening the past.com uh -huh. which is uh, publicly available right now yeah absolutely and uh, people can go and kind of just maybe as they listen to you speak sort of peruse the site browse it a little bit yes. and uh, we'll see such a large number of amazing amazing photographs here yeah the website is organized into like regions and people so you can kind of have a look at all the different regions the the themed exhibitions have all got their own kind of concept one other is about interfaith coexistence for example how well Christians, Muslims, everybody used to live together at that time, and there was a, a mutual respect between the holy sites. In Jerusalem at that time, people don't realize, people actually got along incredibly well. So it was like, you go back to the beginning of the last century, and, um, you know, everybody was buying things from each other, like, sharing. Muslims, and, Christians, Jews. Yes. We're looking at, at a photograph that Calvin is showing me here that is breathtaking, and also so inspiring to see all that the religions is the root 
solve the people here. The roots of the people here is that they know how to solve issues between each other. They are cooperative society. They know how to manage things like living in the same place together. And that's what. Uh, and, so and the proof is in these photos. Isn't yeah, exactly. It? I tried to show that. Going to be somebody's opinion, somebody's. But a picture, not to be corny, is yes. worth a thousand words. I'm seeing a series of pictures here, aren't I, Calvin? Yeah, exactly. So the, the, the same location. The photographers had got the, probably the best location to view the whole of Amman and uh, taken this, the shots in kind of like one, two, three, four in a series of shots. If you just kind of like printed them, cut them out and stick them together, like the chance that you've actually got the angles and everything correct for them to make one view without any lines or any seams or something like that, it, it doesn't exist. Like the best, best attempts. They, right. they actually, I mean, they, they, they attempted it and I've seen some of the early attempts. It's almost this feeling that they anticipated that one day somebody would be able to do it because they went and did it again and again anyway. So I have really great material to work from. And so you can see there's quite there's a little bit of warping involved and things like Creating that. Creating this panoramic Light image. and dark, balancing and stuff like that. And so I'm looking at it and it's always this panoramic kind of uh, mm. image here. Mm. And so like what is the largest, I say, in terms of size that you've worked with so far? Well, let's see. Actually, recently I, I printed that image in three and a half meters and it came out in really clear detail on a big canvas for a display for a hotel. Then they realized it didn't get in the elevator. <laughs> so they were like, are we going to have to take a roof from the top, <laughs> from the, like like a rope from the roof and try and get it in the window? Or something like that. But I mean, to be created for that size, um, let's say the, 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 there's a view of Jerusalem which shows the, the whole valley of Jerusalem here. And uh, that's compiled from three negatives, very overexposed. It was possible to bring out a lot of detail with the modern techniques. What you can really do is to, to kind of like balance the details so you can see things, the separate things clearly. So, I mean, how long would We're something like this take you, you know? And, and, and what is You it? can't say, you know, like if it's a really nice negative, already looks pretty good, it's already pretty clear and things like that, like just a couple of hours, three hours, something like that, I can maybe get a couple done in a day. But like something like that's an evolving work, so I really, I mean, I've done, like, I've done touches to it again and again and again. You could say the original thing was probably a few days, but for example, there's pictures I worked off on, for example, one picture that I worked on, I was trying to retrieve information for a very bad photograph of Mecca. I took 120 hours and uh, it still didn't look much better because if the original material isn't good you know you're often trying to trying to work against people's bad printing or bad digital work or undo bad work which could produce missing information you have to go and try and find out like digitally what that information would have been is a lot harder than working from really really high definition negatives if they're scratched or damaged all that stuff can be done with Photoshop how many yeah. uh, pieces would you say you've worked on so far? okay so the most of my work is on my website so I think this probably about 450 pictures on there. Um, it's like putting a puzzle together, you know? How much of, of, of it is hands? How much of it is computers? Well, you know, the, 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 you have to obtain the best uh, original material. So, uh, and this is like kind of technical stuff, but like the scanning process is important. Uh, if somebody's got a negative scanner, if they've been scanned with a negative scanner, I say like for, like some some institutions, for example, the Library of Congress or some of the archival institutions, they have they must have sterile rooms for scanning the negatives because even a piece of dust on a scanning plate like would come out like a football on the negative. It's better to have the earliest possible material that nobody's done anything to it because then I have those choices myself. So if it's been reprinted a couple of times, you've already lost a lot of information. That means that probably you wouldn't take it up to such a big size. It's not going to be that clear. You 
you look at the end result, it looks so flawless and perfect and normal that, that you don't understand how much work went into that. Yeah. And I think you make the end result look so accessible and visually stunning and, and normal. Like it was. People don't actually today. acknowledge that much how much work it takes to get an exhibition and together or something like that. It is a couple of months of work, you know, that's To be certain. able to come up with this picture that looks like it was taken that way. Exactly. So beautifully. People are so used to that kind of it's quality today. It's 120 but, you know. hours sometimes. No, that, that was the, the, the biggest and hardest kind of like mission. But, you know, that's a couple of months of work, you know, I mean, really seriously. I'd like to carry on with these uh, like kind of regions, but I mean, I'd be very excited at some point to try to do something about Native American uh, history. This is something because some of the old photographs are stunning. And I actually have a bit of Native, Native American blood. And I actually feel very, very strongly for their culture. I mean, for me, this is something like it makes my soul cry. You were kind of born and raised in England? Yeah, I was born and raised in England. And then and you, you've, you've left England now and are sort of the citizen of the world. And now you're in the yeah. Middle East. I don't believe in countries. I never saw one. Yeah, no, I just no. see people. Yeah. Or borders. <laughs> or borders. Or borders. And borders. That was the, the nice thing. I was working with somebody together on the, 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 this, this recent exhibition. He recently passed away, unfortunately. So bless his soul. He was an incredible incredibly talented photographer, an incredible inspiration for so many people. His idea that we came this is Sammy Haven. Sammy Haven, he's a, was a, a star in yes. Amman, really. With like Jasmine a, House. He right. created Jasmine House, it's like such a, everybody feels home there. So Sammy's theme was, for this exhibition, was that you could travel anywhere in the Middle East without hitting any borders at all. So you could go by Zeppelin, for example, he loved this, this is his favorite pictures of Zeppelin, or the guy in the camel, or people going around with boats. Or things like that. It was like, you know, you'd encounter different people, but you'd never come across a kind of like a border guard saying, hey, this is my land. Yeah, we made this together, but unfortunately, you know, he, he passed to the next world like halfway through creating his vision, so that was a bit of a shock, you know, and, uh, you know, we're keeping it going in his memory because he really... Yeah. He, he's a, just just a star. Like everybody who so knew him loved you him. Brought his name up because yeah. he is someone that I was intending to interview when I came to Jordan. Well, in uh, fact, I had been in touch with him saying, "Let's do this." A beautiful since, soul. Really. You know, this happened. I am talking to someone who knew him mm-hmm. and who knew him well. Mm-hmm. And through your words, we're also learning about his work. But um, let me t- t- uh, talk to you a little bit about f- the future. Where do you envision going after this? Hey, I'd like to do an. Uh, an exhibition about the Native Americas at some point. It's something I'd be interested in, 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 in pursuing and to try and get people to kind of consider the roots of the land over there and kind of like you know what mistakes may have been made, what wisdom can be learned from those people. Um, also I'm, I'm contemplating like there's a very interesting collection of pictures of Saudi Arabia from um, Jeddah and uh, Med- Mecca and Medina that have not doing something been, about uh, that. Seen in, uh, yeah, they're buried in an archive, a wonderful archive in, in in, 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 in uh, Holland and um, the, there's something like 300 photos and it's something like that's so really interesting to show that region at the time as well the big desert you know Calvin are mm. you in touch with uh, Middle Eastern departments at various universities because I know that this kind of work I'd is love exactly to contribute something if they need any if they need anything there's a lot of material there if like they'd, they'd like to see anything uh, to kind of depict the, the, the region as it was I mean from every kind of different aspect of the society I mean look you've got Bedouin and then you've got like the everyday people in the downtown and then you've got like the guards and you've got the the kings and and, and I mean the, 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 there's a lot of uh, and in the meantime for people who want to know more you're a very sort of generous person because you've made these available but you're also available by email as well as through the website let's remind the listeners that the website is reawake 
awakening the past I've been speaking to the one and only Calvin Bowne. And your email, Calvin, is? SinaiCrafts at gmail.com. But I would say start by going to the website and to also say what an honor it has been to sit with you and someone who's admired your work for, for quite a while now and be able to see what a generous and kind Pleasure. person you are as well. Shukran Habibi. Well, thank you very, very much for having me on your program. My guest has been Calvin Bowne and the website is one more time reawakeningthepast.com.